Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. You can go ahead and give. Um, 1 John chapter 3, would you open your Bibles this morning? 1 John chapter 3. Three. If you have an electronic Bible, no shame, that's okay. Pull out your electronic Bible, whatever you have. I like to read my Bible on a daily basis with a papered Bible. I like to just open up, open up the paper, and I even like to journal with paper, you know, write it out. Because there's something about just, you know, I just enjoy it. I've done it all my life. But if you have an electronic Bible, that's okay. Pull it out and open up to 1 John chapter 3. We are on week 5. I think we're going to finish next week. We are on week five uh, in a series called Dr. Jesus. You know what it's about? It's about divine healing. How many of you are thankful for divine healing in your life? Uh, you know, as thankful as we are for forgiveness of sins, let me tell you, uh, Jesus also provided healing for you. That means we don't have to um, wonder what he thinks about it. We have to believe his word about it. And so... Um, uh, in, uh, remember being in Haiti. Let me tell you a story. I remember being in Haiti back in 2010. My uh, mother-in-law and my father-in-law, uh, when 2010 in Haiti, the earthquake hit. And there was a couple hundred thousand people that were devastated, lost their lives. Uh, buildings broke, broke down. I mean, this was in right at the beginning of the year. And I remember that they had such a heart for Haiti that they sold their house. They sold their business. Uh, they had a, a, a good running business, and they uh, they moved over to Haiti. And I remember thinking, man, they're they're uh, they went for it with that. Well, God moved their heart on it, and people were crying out for it, and they needed it. But I remember it was in May. It was just about three or four months later, maybe three months later. I got on a plane and I went back to Haiti, and I went back and saw the devastation. In, in every single person I talked to, someone either in their family died or they had a close friend, or they had someone that was close to them that died because of this earthquake. It was just a hard thing. Well, the whole world took notice. In fact, when I say Haiti, you may have given towards something with Haiti, or you may have been a part of a Haiti team, and maybe you've even gone over there. But I remember uh, the, there was world relief. There was so many people that were sending goods, sending supplies. In fact, uh, th th there wasn't a shortage of supplies. In fact, there would be containers full of food, dried food, supplies, clothes, things to help people. But do you know what happened? They got stuck at, uh, at the processing centers and there was containers full of things that were at supplies that were at the processing centers and they didn't actually get to the people and more people are giving, but what happened? It started to get backed up right? Because of the processing and all. There wasn't a shortage of goods. There was a shortage of processing, of getting, of, of assimilation. And so then they had to really work on the systems to get the things to uh, the, the people. And, you know, I think of that when it comes to healing and when it comes to the fullness of God. Sometimes we want to, if we don't get healed or if something doesn't happen, we go back and say, well, I guess God didn't want that. No, God did want it. He gave it, right? 
God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but his, that, that whoever believes in him, let me ask you, who did he love? He loved the whole world. He loved humanity. But is all of humanity going to heaven? Some people believe it, but I don't believe so. I believe it's whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Just because God's provided it doesn't, and just because, doesn't mean people are going to receive it. And the fact that people don't receive it doesn't mean that God didn't want it, the two. Let me, it means that there was a holdup in the processing of the two. Let me ask you, did God provide healing? He did. But does everyone get healed? No. Why? Because there's something with the processing. Did God provide salvation for people? Yes. But does everyone get saved? No. But it's not because of God. It's, so we can't blame God on things. And I think so much, so much of the time we use this word, the sovereignty of God, and we say, well, I guess it's just the sovereignty of God. And what, what they would say is the sovereignty of God is God just does whatever he wants to. And listen, God is a sovereign God. But I believe that some people will teach this extreme view of the sovereignty of God that they say, whatever happens, it must just be God. That's, that, that's a lie. That's not true. Well, I guess it, if it, whatever happens, you know, God knows. God does know. God knows this person smoked weed, got in a car, ran into someone and killed their family, and that wasn't God. Don't blame it on God. It was the dude who smoked weed. Right? I mean, you got to take responsibility somewhere. Right? It's humanity. It's sin. Well, why did this happen if God's such a good God? Why did that happen? Why it happens is because it's called sin and disobedience. Right? It's not that God didn't provide something. It's that people turned away from what God provided and went a different direction and they got the results of those things because we live in a world where God gave us choice. We're not robots. So there are some things. I want to know what's holding back healing from people. There's a lot of people I know that won't even teach it because they don't know what to do with all the experiences of the people they've laid hands on doing they didn't see healed, so they don't know what to do. Let me tell you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we wanna see healing, we have to teach healing. If we wanna see healing, we have to lay hands on the sick and, and believe that God's the healer still today. Somebody say amen. Come on, am I at the right church today? Amen. So. Uh, Jesus has full supplies. He said, in fact, that's why he came in John 10. I, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it to the full. He wants full life. He's not trying to hold back from anybody. It's not, it's not a God's will issue. Luke chapter 11, I just want to read this to you. I know I didn't tell you to turn there, but it says, Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given. Can you say it will be given? It's not, and depends. Didn't say ask and it might be given, or teach this whole thing. Well, you know, sometimes and sometimes not, and depends on if you did good this week. No, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Jesus is not confused about the things about prayer. He's saying the Father loves you so much. He's gonna. He's an always, always. He wants to take care of you as long as it's in the will of God. He wants to take care of you. He loves you, right? It will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. It will be given. The Bible says by his stripes you are healed. Not maybe you're sometimes healed. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. What is he saying? Just like you were saved, you were healed on the cross, but you have to receive it. And so it's not that healing doesn't work. It's that we need to learn how it works. 
Have you ever got something before? You bought something and you brought it home? Maybe a piece of machinery or maybe a, uh, you know, a saw or maybe like, you know, something electronic or a computer or something. You turn it on and you're like, this stupid thing doesn't work. Have you ever said that? This dumb thing doesn't work. Saved up for it, waited for it, and the thing doesn't work. And then you come to realize it wasn't the thing that was stupid. <laughs> Anybody ever yeah, experienced that? You start reading and you go, uh, you know, I don't know if you're an owner's manual reader, but there's a lot of people who aren't, right? I'm not. <laughs> so I, I read the owner's manual when I realize it didn't work. <laughs> and then I go, where's the, where's the, in fact, now they have to include the, like the easy one, right? What is it called? Like the quick start or something like that because people don't want to read that whole thing. Right, And so most people will take the box, open it up, try to get it working. If it doesn't work, then they go, where's that owner's manual, right? And that's what they do with the word of God too, right? They get out there, they try to make it work. It doesn't work and they go, ah, what's the Bible say about it? I guess we'll turn to God, you know, last resort. Listen, God created healing to work for you every time. I said, God created healing for you to work every time. But there are some holdbacks, and that's what uh, I wanted to just uh, tell you. Healing, it's not healing that doesn't work. It's that we need to learn how it works. It was uh, in the system to work. You were meant to be well. So I'm going to give you some troubleshooting thing. This is what happens if you, if you buy a piece of electronics, and they have to troubleshoot it, right? Like um, Nate down here, he, Nate will do troubleshooting for people who have software things. And, and you know, I... If, a, if your computer doesn't work, a lot of times, in fact, a lot of software troubleshooting people have said this. They said, about 80% of the time, if you'll just like do a restart, it'll work. Someone says, oh, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> you know? No, it's true. About 80% of the time, if you just do a restart, it'll work. Why? Because it's meant to work. It's not it's that's not working. It's you that's not working. Sorry. But... Uh, but sometimes you got to do a reset or you got to do a restart. In fact, Jesus said, it's the traditions of men that have made the word of God of no effect. The word of God works. God's things work. What happened? It's all the baloney that's been taught and processed of what, what I think about it. And they factor in all their experiences and all the reasons and all the this and that. And then people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't read the word of God purely anymore. You don't just hear Jesus. You hear Jesus and 15 commentaries on it. And then you come back and say what it really means. Listen, when they were getting all these results and healing in the Bible, they didn't have one commentary. They just had the word of the Lord. That's all they had. And they just believed. Remember Jesus said to that one guy, do not be afraid. Only what? Sometimes it takes. It's just, I think things with the Lord are a lot more simple than we make it. Sometimes it takes people to talk you out of just the simplicity of the word of God. In fact, um, it says in the book of, I believe, Colossians, he says, be, be careful so that Satan doesn't talk you out of the simplicity that's in the word of God. Healing is simple. Healing is simple. So I'm gonna give you three things to do to check, to troubleshoot healing on your life, three things. Number one, um, it, well, it's found in this scripture, 1 John chapter 3. It says, 1 John 3, 21, and I'm going to read out of the NIV. You can just look up at, at your screens if you don't have that. It says, dear friends, if our hearts, in fact, would you read this with me? Let's say it together. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what is pleases him. 
And this is his command, listen, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he's commanded us. Very, very, very simple verse. Lord, open our eyes to this so we can receive it in Jesus' name. I want you to notice that first statement. Just leave that out. And this is his command to believe, excuse me, the first verse. It says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Now, we all understand the word condemn, right? You drive by a building, the building's all dilapidated, it's run down, there's tape around it, and you say that building is condemned. What do they mean? It means it was written off, it's not usable anymore, they're probably gonna ball and chain it and take the thing down, take it out, right? Because somebody, an inspector, came by and evaluated it and saw it's not really fit. It's like a car. You say either they're going to fix the car or the car was totaled, right? That's condemned. The Bible says, if, dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, notice what your conscience wants to do and your heart wants to do. It wants to take you out of the game. It wants to disqualify you. It wants to make you feel like you didn't meet up, you're not valued, you don't, or, or, or you did something. And, and I don't know of a person that would say it's just God. You would say, well, God knows me. That's the problem. It's me. So if our hearts do not condemn us, we have what before God? Confidence. What is confidence? It's, it's, it's believe. It's faith. See, the number one thing on, on I believe, a check that if we were going to take just a troubleshoot a trouble, we're doing a troubleshoot healing, and I'm going to give you three things to check. Number one is a condemnation check. A condemnation check. Does your heart condemn you? Are you beating yourself up? Do you feel like you're not worthy? You're not qualified? You don't match up? You're out of the will of God? You're, you've, you've disappointed God in the past? Condemnation check. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 says this. I want to read you two, two verses in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Can you say the word boldly with me? Boldly. Bold is not pride. Bold, being bold is not being proud. Being bold is being confident. And what did the verse say that we just read? He says if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have, we have what? confidence, boldness. Why? Because we don't have a guilty conscience. Right? A lot of people can't receive from God because they feel like a jerk. Because they've acted like a jerk. It's true. But you don't have boldness because of you in your life. You have boldness because of the grace of God and what he's done in our lives. Somebody say amen. So he says, if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence. Now listen, he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. See, you can't be bold in yourself because you know you. That's the problem. <laughs> you may say, well, people don't know me. I could trick them, but I know me. That's the problem. But he says, come to the throne of grace. That you may Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because the throne of grace is not dependent on what you did. It's dependent on what... He did, right? He says, that we may obtain. Look at the words. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. You're coming to God to get something. To get grace. To get mercy. Do you know that all of healing is found in the grace? So how do you get the grace of God? The grace of God in our lives, right? It's, that, that's where it is. So how do you get the grace of God? You come boldly. How do you come boldly? Quit 
Quit, uh, quit walking in condemnation. I think it's the first thing that Satan beats the heck out of people is condemns them. The enemies hit me up with condemnation in my life. Come on, anybody in here? Anybody in here? You got three people in here. Yeah, I've had condemnation. Let's move to the next point because I'm not. Come on, one more time. Anyone in here as he hit you up with condemnation? Listen, no more. I just say it over your life. Don't let him beat the heck out of you. Don't let him knock you out with condemnation. Come boldly. When we worship, come boldly. Why? Because of the grace of the Lord. Not because of you. When you're praying for healing, come boldly. Come with a, come with a smile in your heart and say, God, I know that, that I'm connected. My heart is connected with you. I'm saved. I know you love me. Right? No condemnation to those. In the Garden of Eden, what's the first thing they did when they sinned? They hid because God came out to, uh, you know, to find in the voice of the Lord. God came out and said, where are you? And they said, I was hiding behind this tree right over here. And he said, have you, you know, ate from the the fruit? In other words, have have you sinned? And they had to come and they said, yeah. See, anytime you sin, it always leads to guilt, fear, and hiding. Guilt, I feel bad about it. Fear, I'm afraid of God. And hiding, I'm going to hide myself from God. Guilt, fear, and hiding. That's what happens. But uh, what we need to do is just repent. Come on, somebody say repent. What does repent mean? It means stop doing the things you're doing and go the right way, right? Repent. Just like the Garden of Eden. I remember hearing this story about this, this homeless woman. She was poor. She lived on the street. She had a basket. She had all of her stuff in the basket, and everybody knew her when she walked by. She was, she, she'd been homeless for a number of years. Then she passed away. They came by and she wasn't breathing anymore. They, uh, you know, they, they took, took care of her body and took care of her remains. Nobody knew where she came from, didn't know anything, but they dug. This was in the news some years ago and they came back and they looked through all of her stuff and all of her paperwork and they found in her paperwork that there was a letter that was written to her that she had an inheritance that was written to her and she actually was a very wealthy woman. She just didn't know it. And she lived all these years with that. And she was a very, she was an owner, very, very wealthy woman, but she didn't know it. Can I tell you, a lot of Christians live that way. They have an inheritance. They have something that God's provided for them, but they don't have even the confidence to lift up their head and just to look to God and to say, God, you're on my side. Also, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, a little bit later, it says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holies, he's emphasizing boldness, by the blood of Jesus, notice not by yourself. You can't be confident in yourself. In fact, Jesus called out that one guy who was confident and said, I thank God that I'm not like all the rest. If you're confident in yourself, you need to, you need to, put down your head. But listen, it's confidence in the blood of Jesus and all that he's done in our lives. Somebody say amen. Okay. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. That's his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Look in verse 22. Let us draw near, say it with me, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In other words, you're not walking into God's presence and going like, Oh God, I no full assurance of faith. It's like my six-year-old walks into the room. I can be in the office. I can be in the middle of a meeting. I can be in the middle of something. And I say, no one come in because I'm trying to focus. And she just walks right in. Hey dad, I, uh, where's the toilet paper? 
I mean, it's just boldness. It's just, come here, sugar. Let me give you a hug. Let me find you some toilet paper because you do, you know. Take care. That's boldness. It's confidence. And he says here, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from what? An evil conscience. What is it? A guilty conscience. Do you know that you're not supposed to have a guilty conscience with the Lord? You're supposed to be just like my six-year-old. You say, I know you're running the heavens and the earth. I know you're working on a lot of people's needs, but I need you right now, Daddy. I'm right here. It's full assurance. It's confidence. And he says, having our hearts sprinkled from a guilty conscience, evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Boldness, boldness, full assurance of faith. Listen, when you come into the presence of God, if you need to confess sin, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So listen, if you, need, if you have something that's holding you back, confess it, repent, get, it over, go, get over it, and get on with your relationship with the Lord. Why? He doesn't want you to have a guilty conscience. Condemnation check. Um, Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no, what? Come on, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation should, should we walk in? None. If you're walking in condemnation, it's not the will of the Lord, and it will hold you back from healing. It will hold you back from even asking. Number one, condemnation check. Number two, faith check. Somebody say faith check. Let me ask you, one thing you want to say is, do you question, one thing you want to ask, do you question whether it's God's will to heal you or not? Do you question whether it's God's will to heal you or not? Well, I'm not sure he wants to heal me. That right there will hold back your healing. Because if you're not sure, you won't ask, you won't be confident, you won't step in, you won't press in. When thoughts, when the enemy brings thoughts or when your own mind has thoughts, you'll backtrack from it. Matthew chapter 8 verse 2. It says that there was a leper. He came and worshiped Jesus and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can. Notice, if you're willing, you can. That's where a lot of believers live. If you're willing. Nobody questions whether God can. They question whether he's willing. They don't doubt the can of God or the, or the ability of God. They doubt the, the willingness of God. But notice Jesus. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand, touched him and said, I'm willing, be cleansed. <laughs> Bam. I'm willing. Be, he didn't say, you know, I've never met you. Have you ever heard of me? Are you a believer? Huh? Are you walking right? Are you doing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your past. Tell me about the things. No, Jesus just, I'm willing, be cleansed. Why? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, when you ask for healing and you say, God, if it be thy will, I think he'd say the same thing to us. It be thy will. <laughs> it be my will. Be healed. Right? We doubt the willingness of God. We doubt that God, we question whether God will do it. We hesitate. Another question, you know, in, to ask in that, uh, in the faith check is, are you expecting to receive? Are you expecting to receive? You know, it's like I mentioned an electronic device. <laughs> At Christmas time, we'd buy our kids, you know, different toys and some of them have batteries and all this stuff. You know, how many of you know, parents, uh, if you're a new parent, <laughs> whenever you buy electronic stuff, you got to buy a gang full of batteries too. You got to buy a grip of batteries over here because uh, it's the worst thing to have toys and you don't have the batteries to back it up, you know. 
And so um, what happens is <laughs> there's sometimes I want to go turn on these toys, like these racing cars that are out in the street or something. And, and I say, man, this dumb thing's not working. Again, it's not the thing, it's me. The thing's not working, what's going on? And I go to troubleshoot it. And the funniest thing is when I realize I didn't turn it on. <laughs> I didn't turn it on, right? Do you know that's what a faith check is? It's are you expecting to receive something? From the Lord. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 4, you remember that uh, Peter and John went out to the gate beautiful after they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the whole first church started. They were out in the gate beautiful and they walked by this man who was lame and he was down. And he, the Bible says that he really he, he wasn't asking for healing, he was asking for some money, for some dinero, right? So he said, Hey, could you uh, give me some money? And it, the Bible says that, well, let me just read it to you. It says, And fixing his eyes on him, John, with John, Peter said, look at us. Like, you know, they're begging like this. He's saying, look at us. Looks at him. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. What was he expecting to receive? Money. But notice what he was doing. He gave him his attention and he was saying, I'm expecting to receive. And that's all he needed. Are you in an activation mode? Are you turned on? Are you flipped on when it comes? Do you expect to receive healing? Do you expect to receive that God's gonna do something for you? He was expecting to receive really money, but it says, then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, like my robe that I wore today didn't have pockets. Okay, so I don't have, some, I don't have any money on me, but I do have some name of Jesus on me, and I'm gonna speak the name of Jesus and get you healed, right? Notice he didn't hesitate. Now, lame man, why are you lame? What did you do? Did you do something wrong? Did you? No, he just said, such as I have, I give you. How could he give him healing? Because Jesus gave him the name, and Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. Go heal the sick. So, you know, we, same thing. We have healing ability, healing power. Who heals? You heal. Really, you activate healing, and God, his power heals. You channel healing, so to speak, right? So, he was expecting to receive something. Do you notice all throughout the Bible, uh, there was always teaching on healing, instruction on healing first, and then you'd see the results. I know that sometimes we skip over the verses and we just go and say, Jesus healed everybody. Jesus just walked through hospitals and healed them. It's not true. It's not true. He didn't just go by and heal everybody and just be like, like superheroes or something like that and be like, oh, woo, heal. And they're like, woo, lightning bolt. And they're like, whoa, so better. No, no, no. That wasn't how it happened. We just read the stories as if this is what happened, how it happened. But I want to show you, uh, did you know that Jesus couldn't heal everybody? You say, couldn't? He could do anything. No, he couldn't. The Bible says that when he came down to, to earth, he laid down the godly attributes. He, he was all God, but he operated as a man. He operated as a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why he's our example. If he operated as just God on earth, then how, how could we be example? We're not God on earth. He operated as a man. He laid his divine, all the divine abilities down, and he operated as a man. That's how he got through sin, as a man, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how he operated and did all of, all of his healings. He did these things. But it says that he went, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. We see in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, it says he went out from there and he came to his home, home country. What is that? He, he went back to his neighborhood. 
Jesus went and got anointed and he said, I'm going back to the hood. I'm going back into my neighborhood. I'm going to go talk with the, the people. I'm going to teach them and show them all the things that God's doing in my life. And so, you know, sometimes that's what you want. You feel anointed by God and you go back to your friends and family and you're like, watch, I'm going to make a big change. And they're like, I know you. I know where you came from. I know your stuff. Don't you, don't try to act all holier than thou or whatever. That doesn't even make sense, but whatever they say, don't try to act all this, right? And that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus came back and it says he went out from there and he came to his own country and his disciples followed him. Now it says in, um, in, in Mark chapter, excuse me, Mark, Mark chapter six, uh, Mark chapter six, verse five, it says, now he, Jesus could do no mighty work there. Notice it didn't say he wouldn't. It wasn't that he wasn't willing to, he couldn't. Why? Because Jesus needs faith to work. Right? Jesus, listen, listen, Jesus couldn't save you if you didn't believe. He had to use your believing to save you. He didn't just say, and Jesus walked by and proclaimed salvation on the whole crowd and they didn't have to do anything about it. In fact, they were all asleep. No, no, they had, to, they had to be activated, turned on. They had to believe. And so that's how they got saved. The same thing. The Bible says that he went back to his hometown and they started doubting him. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. So he said, well, I guess we got to move on. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit doing what? Look at it. Look at it with me. Then he went about all the villages in a circuit doing what? Why did he teach? Because they didn't believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He realized that we're gonna have to teach on the word of God. We're gonna have to teach. We're gonna have to teach what God's will is, the ways of God, how to step out, believe God. He had to teach. He had to teach, okay? He went about in a circuit teaching. Do you know that when you find a place that's hard to receive, a people that's hard to receive, the, the thing to do to, with them is to teach. And if they won't receive it, then you go somewhere else. That's what Jesus did. He went somewhere else where they would receive the word of God. And he started teaching in a circuit. What's a circuit? He's like, well, I'll teach here on Monday. I'll teach there on Tuesday. I'll teach there on Wednesday. I'll teach there on Next Monday, I'll be back by you. And eventually, I'll come back and you'll be in a position to where we can write up in scripture that we healed y'all. <laughs> South, right? <laughs> healed y'all, yeah. But he marveled at their unbelief their unbelief, their skepticism, and he could do no mighty work there. So he went about villages and he went teaching. Now, down in verse 30, the Bible says that the apostles gathered together Jesus after, gathered together with Jesus after he gave them power to do these things. The apostles gathered together Jesus and they told him, they gave him a report on all the great things that happened. Notice, they told him all things, both what they had done and what they had, what's it say? Notice, he was reporting on what they had done and what they had taught. Notice a lot of what we, we just want the results. Just show us who got healed. Notice, but he says, I went and I'm going to give you a report on what I, what I did, but also what I taught. Why? The teachings of the word of God, the teaching of healing, the teaching of these things is really important, what they had done and what they had taught. So later on, we see in the book of Mark that it says, Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude he had been teaching all this multitude and it was like they're hungry. They're getting hungry. And probably Jesus was getting hungry too. And he had compassion on them for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So what did he do? So he began to teach them. 
many things. What was he doing? He was teaching. He was teaching. Jesus didn't just go about healing. He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. He had a threefold ministry. You see it all the time. Preaching the gospel, teaching people the, the ways of the Lord, and healing all who are sick. Preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching, teaching, healing. You'd see it all the time. Preaching, teaching, healing. So he began to teach them. The shepherd taught them. But then the shepherd realized the sheep were hungry. So the shepherd said, let's feed them. The disciples said, we don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough takeout. You know, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. How are we going to feed them? What are we going to do? And he said, you give them something to eat. Right? And, uh, and what happened? He took a little boy's lunch. He fed them. He did this miracle. And notice they all received they all received. See, he wasn't able to, I know this is a, different, a little bit different application here, but th- some people weren't able to receive healing, but these people who he had been teaching and receiving, he had, they all received, and there was a miracle done in their midst where he fed 5,000 men plus women and children, all these people, and they all received, right? And the disciples received. We see miracles and working. People were full of faith. People were full of food, right? On that day, it was a good day. Today was a good day. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. It says, toward the end, it says, And when he entered into the villages and the cities or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him. I want you to look at this. They begged him that they might touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were healed. Notice he taught them so much to the place that his word caused faith to rise so high that he didn't even need to touch them. They touched him. Well, why did they touch him? Because they were preached the word of God, right? Can you should, we should be so convinced and full of the healing power of Jesus Christ that we just say, I don't even need you to pray for me. All I need to do is, is touch the hem of his garment, be in the presence of the Lord, and I'll be made well, right? Why? Because faith arose. There was something in him that all they needed to do was touch the hem of his garment. You say, well, if Jesus was here and I still had his hem. Some people, sometimes people still have remnants of things back in the holy day, and they say, this was the... This was over the shroud of Jesus, or this was Peter's this, or this was that. And if we just had that, no, that was just a point of contact. That wasn't the power. The power just flowed through that, right? The power just flowed through that. But it's what we, what we need is we need Jesus and the name of Jesus. So number one, condemnation check. Number two is faith check. And number three is, heal, is love check. Love check. Somebody say love check. Love check. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. What is he saying? It's not the works of the flesh that are going to get faith to work. He says, but faith working through love. Sometimes people wonder why their faith doesn't work. It's because their love isn't working. Faith is processed through love. Faith has the foundation of love. If we don't have love, if we're not walking in love, if we don't have love, then we, our faith has no foundation. It has nothing to process through. Faith working through love. In that same verse in the Amplified, it says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. In other words, don't go try to get it through the flesh. He says, but only faith 
Look at this on, on the screen. Only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Would you say that with me? Only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. What is he saying? You're not gonna get things through working through the flesh. You have to stay in love if you want your faith to keep working. Walking out of love will contaminate, it, it, it'll contaminate your faith. It'll cause you not to have a foundation to stand upon. After, uh, in Mark 11, 23 and 24, when Jesus said, whoever says that the mountain be removed and be cast in the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you uh, ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And the next verse says, and we always stop before that and, but notice when he says and, he means he wasn't stopped talking. He didn't stop talking. Right? And, anybody know what verse 25 says? It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Well, that's part of faith too. Why? Because faith works by love. And if you have anything against him, it's not just about you and your bold faith. I don't need it, it's just me and God. No, it is. No, it is. And, Jesus said, and. You may be operating faith, but if you have something against someone, you better quit, stop, don't stop reading. You better forgive them. And he says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. Um, if you don't forgive, it will affect you. Listen, if you walk in bitterness, if you walk in envy, if you walk in unforgiveness, it will affect your faith. It will affect you receiving from God. I'm gonna close with telling you this. Um, and um, I, I, I said this last week and it was, uh, I, I remember a time, I usually will receive healing very quickly for me and my family, very quickly. And, uh, but I remember a time that I was praying and I wasn't getting, receiving healing. I, was, I wasn't getting healed. I didn't know what was the deal. And I was praying about it and I was praying about it and I was praying about it and something came up in me and said, um, you, you judged a person. You talked bad about them. I'm like, wasn't any worse than a lot of things that I hear with people. That wasn't that bad, Lord. And the Lord didn't say anything else to me. <laughs> I just kind of went on. Lord, I need healing. Lord, I confess healing. I confess the scriptures. I meditate on the scriptures. And I mean, just a few hours later, hey, you judged a person. It just kept coming up at me. Two or three times, three or four times, it just kind of, see, let me tell you, God speaks through your spirit and he'll tell you where the troubleshooting is if you'll be quiet enough to listen. He'll help you trouble. He's trying to get it to you. He's not trying to hold, this isn't some game with God. Didn't get it yet. No, he's trying to help you get it. And I remember three or four times I thought, I just said, that's not what I'm praying about. I'm praying about my healing. Not about that. It's no big deal, Lord. But I remember after three or four times I just stopped and said, Lord, obviously this is something that is a big deal to you. I, I'm wrong. I'll just say it. I apologize. I'm sorry. Call him and tell him. <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
went to go text him. I'll text him. I'll email him. Call them. <laughs> Tell them you're on their side. You're with them. <sighs> that would take humility. <laughs> God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? I needed some grace. I needed some healing. I'll tell you what I did. And I've just learned to do this. Picked up the phone. Hey, uh, can I talk with you for a minute? And I just told him the story. I was praying and asking God for something, and God kept bringing this up in my, man, I didn't give you the benefit of the doubt, and I said, I, I just, I apologize. God must really love you and believe in you. I'm on, man, we just had a great connection, reunion. They explained things. I didn't really need them to. I wasn't looking for it. I just was looking for, and as soon as I got it in line, I can tell you, just within, within minutes, started feeling better, within just a short amount of time, bam. Meal done. Well, what was it? Was it that God was holding her? I don't know what it was. I just know that in my heart I had to forgive and I had to not, I wasn't doing something right. Something was blocking it up. Let me tell you, I'm gonna ask you boldly these three things. I want you to do a troubleshoot right now, just on yourself. Close your eyes. And I want you to just say, do a condemnation check. Is there things the enemy's beating you up about? If you need to repent right now, just say, God, I repent. I repent of this sin, I repent of this relationship, I repent of this decision, I repent of this right now. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. In fact, all of us, let's just say thank you for the blood of Jesus. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's a good time. Just say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I call you my Lord and my Savior with my mouth. Say it out with your mouth. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God's raised him from the dead. Say this, there's no condemnation. Number two, let's do a faith check. I want to heal you. Have you been believing the lie that God doesn't want to heal you? Repent of it right now. Just say, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I repent of the teaching, of the theology, of the belief, of the maybe something I've been taught. I reject it. I reject that lie. You want to heal. And I receive you as my healer. And would you do this right now, just like you receive Jesus as Savior? Would you stretch your arms out to the Lord? Just everybody, young and old, put your hands up to God and say, I receive you as healer today. Just say it, I receive you as my healer today. Jesus, say it, Jesus, you're my healer today. Jesus, you're my healer today. I receive you as my healer. Say every part of my being, just speak to your body. Say every part of my being, every part of me, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> and then let's do a love check. Could you? Just do a love check right now. If there's any unforgiveness in you, someone that you've said something about or you hold some, here's how you know. <laughs> as soon as I said it, they came to mind. <laughs> I know because I've had it happen. <laughs> Just say, by faith, I forgive them. Come on, just say right now, by faith, I forgive them. I release them. They don't owe me a thing. Just say it. They don't even owe me an apology. Someone says, that's hard to say. No, listen, it's not hurting them, it's hurting you. Say, they don't even owe me an apology. I forgive them based on the blood of Jesus. I forgive them. I release them today in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it, Lord. And Father God, I pray for this service, this congregation, those that are here today, 
those that are joining us today, those that are listening today, and I say based on these things, there is therefore now no condemnation based on we have our faith in you, Jesus, as our healer, and based on we walk in the love of God and in the, great, the goodness of the Lord, the, the, the love of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, the grace of the Lord, we come boldly. Would you stand to your feet? We're almost dismissed. Would you stand to your feet? Would you say, I come boldly, and I receive grace, and I receive mercy, and I receive help in time of need, and I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.